Hey, this is Derek D-Train, he too. Tonight's episode is brought to you by KingTuckGraphics.com. Are you looking for a better way to promote your business? Have you ever thought about a new sign, window film, clear coat, or even wrapping your vehicle? Think about it. All the time you spend in your car driving around Raleigh, North Carolina, a vehicle wrap can be working right alongside you. A clear branding strategy can make the difference between your next call or not. If you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, check them out at KingTuckGraphics.com. Your satisfaction with their products and service is guaranteed. So go online to kingtutgraphics.com and check them out. Get a free quote and get started with kingtutgraphics.com. Hello, welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We have episode 73 tonight. We have the usual suspects sitting in with us. We have our producer, Patrick Cuckolardi Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the local nerd, our IT guy, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, uh, your mama now. And the all-around sports guru, the guy that we go to for all of our sports news, Derek D-Train, he too. What's up, D-Train? What's up, sweetheart? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark the Dr. Morley. Oh, doctor. <laughs> we have a special guest sitting in with us tonight, brought to you by Sauce Toss and King Tut Graphics. Jay Heimbeck from the Pittsburgh Penguins, the head scout in Ontario. He also was up in our, our neck of the woods back in the day when we were running around Appleton Arena. And uh, was an assistant coach at St. Lawrence University. How are you doing tonight, Jay? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for coming on, Jay. Are you up in Ontario? I guess I just figured you were out in Pittsburgh somewhere. No, huh? no. You know, the scouts are just all in, in different areas. I, you know, I, I, I cover Ontario. We've got uh, a couple scouts in Western Canada, one in Quebec, uh, one in New England, uh, one in Michigan, uh, one in the USHL, and several scouts in Europe. So really, all of us are just in an area where we live that's convenient to the area we're responsible for. There's really no <laughs> no scouts in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. So Jay, we're we're all hockey guys. We know hockey. They've been around the rinks a few times, and we know what a scout does. But with you saying that, do you guys actually go to the arena like a few times a year? Or are you just primarily traveling, looking for players? Um, what does a scout do? During the yeah, for the most part, our, our main responsibility is just to, to cover our area. So for me, I'm I'm covering the Ontario Hockey League, and then any uh, tier two junior players who are heading off to college, you know, and and look like they could be draft prospects. I'll go and watch them uh, before they get to college, you know, if they're draft eligible at that time, and see whether I think they're a, a legitimate NHL prospect. And you know, part of our job then is filing game reports, and so the management can read them, and then ranking these players, and then you know, kind of integrating them into our overall list that we in fact think they're prospects. Um, as far as getting to Pittsburgh, uh, the organization is good that you know I'll maybe go down once a year with or without my family and attend a game. Uh, but for the most part, I'm so busy going to other games that you, you sort of feel guilty taking a lot of time off to go to, to get your own games in Pittsburgh. So maybe once a year. And then uh, obviously uh, at the end of the season, we go down to Pittsburgh and have our season ending meetings where we put our whole draft list together and discuss uh, prospects uh, just heading into the draft, which is usually two or three weeks after that. Nice. So Jake, just coming off the weekend with a prospect tourney, I believe it was in mm-hmm. Buffalo. Is that something that you were attending or was um, yep. watching that? Yeah, all our all of our scouts are there for that because uh, it, it's it's kind of a nice situation where you can you can go in and, and look at some of the players that you've 
they've drafted, you know, most recently either this past year or even, you know, for college kids, sometimes it's, you know, four or five years ago. So you can kind of see all your prospects yeah, at, at one setting. And it's also nice that you can see, uh, in this case, Boston was there, New Jersey was there, and Buffalo uh, obviously was hosting the tournament. So you, you get to see some of the other players that you were looking at, but, you know, you didn't draft, you speak just the way the, the things fell at the draft. But uh, it, it's just nice to see those guys actually playing, you know, which is, it's a step up from where they played previously because now they're playing against other kids that have been drafted some of them are signed some of them you know in the case of uh, Jack Hughes with New Jersey is you know the top pick overall so it's a pretty good measuring stick and fun to watch uh, the guys you've drafted and the guys you've watched over the last several years. So Jay is there some specific guys that stood out to you at that prospect tournament? Yeah I mean especially for our team it was fun because uh, if you follow the Pittsburgh Penguins the last few years we've we've considered ourselves contenders for the Stanley Cup and you know we're fortunate enough to win it in 16 and 17 so in doing that you've you've traded away um, some of your young assets and some of your top draft choices you know first round picks that type of thing in trade so so last year was kind of frustrating that we didn't have a whole lot of depth at that tournament but uh, this year because of some college graduation um, and um, having our first round pick this year for the first time since 2014, uh, we we're able to watch, you know, probably a, a deeper, more talented group than we've had there in the past couple of years. And, and we did really well this year. I thought our, our young guys performed really well. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was just fun to watch. And, you know, a little more last year was kind of frustrating because we, we didn't match up very well, uh, with a lot of the teams who had several first round, second round, third round picks there. And I think we had, uh, I, you know, some of our top guys were guys that were drafted in the fourth round. Not that they're not bad players, but you you know, it, it's tough to have all fourth rounders competing against three or four first round picks with other organizations. So sure. uh, this year was a lot more fun and enjoyable, that's for sure. Yeah, Jay, thanks for coming on and uh, explaining to our listeners uh, about how scouting works in the background and, uh, you know, just uh, sharing your stories with us in general. Can you explain to our listeners what is the it factor that you're looking for in today's game? Yeah, well, I think I think every organization has a criteria. I'm assuming, like we do, so I'm assuming I'm assuming that most organizations have a criteria that uh, that they you know want evaluated uh, in all the prospective players they're looking at, and you know some of the things that you know come to mind with, with us and it's and it's always evolving you're changing it every year but obviously you know having good hockey sense and being very competitive is important nowadays the league seems to be getting faster and faster so yep. skating becomes very important the tricky part is trying to you know decipher which players are going to improve their skating and which ones don't improve their skating and that's always the the, the toughest question but um, you know, skating aside, I think hockey sense, competitiveness, skill level is uh, very important no matter what position you're playing, whether you're a forward, defenseman, or a goaltender. I mean, goaltenders, they're different skills, but, you know, goaltending is obviously so, so important. But, uh, you know, those are kind of the main points of emphasis that we look at. Yeah, Jay, we've noticed um, some of the the players in the prospect games. It looked like the, the defensemen, some of the talented defensemen that you had in Pittsburgh um, where the smaller defensemen, faster defensemen that you see with a guy like Carlson, Latang, stuff like that, and some of the forwards were more of a power forwards. Is that kind of something that you guys look for now? Is it the, the smaller, faster, well, not necessarily smaller defensemen, but the defensemen that can rush the puck and they can get into the, the play in the offensive zone? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think we would specifically be looking for smaller defensemen. But you know, as you're as you're ranking your players and putting your list together, you're you're the idea is what you're trying to do is put you know the top player is number one, and the next best player is number two, and so forth, right down all the way down. And you know, then there's debate at some point is you know at what point you know is a, this smaller defenseman is is he is he a legitimate top prospect or is his size going to inhibit him or is his skating going to allow him to still be effective when he's when he's playing against bigger faster stronger men uh down the road and i think the game is certainly starting to favor more and more smaller defensemen you see a lot more than you used to see in the nhl and so i don't think teams are as hesitant to draft those guys as they used to be um i i, I would think i wasn't scouting uh, in the NHL 20 years ago, I was 17 years ago, but I would think 20 years and beyond that, it was awfully tough for uh, a team to swallow <laughs> drafting a, a real small defenseman. There were exceptions like Kurt Giles and Minnesota, um, guys like that. But, you know, now it just seems like there's there's more and more acceptance. I think the rules have helped out uh the smaller defensemen and and you know it's you know you can't smash guys from behind and, and really take runs at defensemen like you used to be able to so there is some protection and and there's a there's a priority on being able to skate because not only does it help you offensively it helps you defend also so um you know being being big is is very helpful as a defenseman and defending but being small and fleeter afoot than some of the big guys can also help you defend, but in a different way. Sure, though. Uh, so on that note, uh, Jade, does the does the big man, uh, Mr. Rutherford up there, does he does he kind of dictate the, the kind of players he wants you to look for, or are you just overall just like, you know, scouting the OHL up there and just, you know, what you see you report to, or are you getting, you know, like a dictation from the big guy up top? Well, our organization, right from, uh, you know, the, the general manager, assistant general manager, the head scout, I mean, they all have, you know, over the years uh, kind of dictated a philosophy of what what the main uh, criteria are that we're looking for in a player. And so we kind of use that as a guideline when we're scouting players and, you know, looking at or out looking at uh, prospects in games. So that it's really, you know, we have most of our dealings uh, with the head scout, which is Patrick Alvin, who's uh, from Sweden, but is now relocated to Michigan. So that's the main guy that, uh, that we report to as an amateur scout. And, you know, and he's, you know, I've worked with him for a lot of years now and he's developed a philosophy of, and certain points of emphasis that we really want to key on with players. So uh, that's that's kind of how that works. Jay, who's the uh, scout down in the southeast? Uh, if we could um, get him to come look at my men's league team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking well, for a one-way contract one year and then I'll retire. <laughs> Well, I guess uh, I guess we'd have to figure out uh, what level that would be, and then whose responsibility it would be. As far as I, I'm, I'm thinking, by the what you said, uh, men's league, that the age is that he's probably a free agent, so we'd probably have to make sure we got the right guy going in to look at him. Definitely a free agent. Hey, so, do you have like a yeah? Go ahead, go ahead, Jay. Do you have like a group of uh, guys that you hang out with in these barns when you're traveling around Ontario? I mean, there's got to be a, a number of. Ontario scouts from every team up there, right? Yeah, but not so much. You know what? I'm, I'm in such a location. I'm, I'm 
how, I don't know if you know much of the Ontario Hockey League, but I'm in a location that I've got about 10 or 11 teams within two hours of me and several teams 35 minutes away, like London's 35 minutes to my west and Kitchener's 35 minutes to my east and Guelph is 45 minutes away, Hamilton's 50. So I'm actually home most nights. I, I, I don't spend that many nights in hotels Um like I did when, you know, when, when I first got into the scouting gig, I was traveling everywhere all over the world. And, and then you're in hotels more often and stuff. And, you know, it was new and exciting and seeing different parts of the world. And, um, you know, you'd go out after games and get to know a lot of the guys and everything, but, uh, not as young as I used to be. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't stay in the hotels much. So I'm, I'm, I, I look forward to getting home and starting my game reporting and catching the sports highlights on TV. <laughs> So Jay, you won the Stanley Cup what two times with Pittsburgh? Uh three. Yeah, three times. Fortunate enough, fortunate enough to be on uh, involved with three championships, and you've gotten uh, three rings. So I'm very grateful for that. I've been very fortunate. No big That's deal. Huge. Which huge. means your your name is etched in there three times. That's amazing. Well, no, it's not how it works. They they. Uh, I was the head scout the first time, so the head scout got his name on the Stanley Cup, and the last two uh, I was Ontario scout. The Ontario scout doesn't get his uh, name on the cup, but uh, it's so, all uh, they're, hey, they're, 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 they're they're nice. They're not, they're 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 nice enough to uh, to give us all the scouts rings, and uh, and you know we're treated very well. That's for sure. Well, that's good. That's good. You bring that cup to the Cowan Mansion Road there in Canton, or where'd you celebrate <laughs> with the cup? <laughs> uh well the first year I had it in my hometown where I grew up and had all my uh former uh coaches and a lot of the people that were involved in sports in my town like the town I grew up in is probably uh only about 3,500 people smaller than Canton New York even and uh so I knew all the people that are involved in sports so we had a, a real good shindig there in 2009 and then 2016 I uh uh brought it to Woodstock here where I live now because I had by that time, I had been here several years and established new friends and everything. And I had all my former uh, softball and hockey coaches at that again. And uh, then in 2017, uh, we actually, there was restricted number of days that we had this, the Stanley Cup, uh, the Pittsburgh organization, because it was the 100th year of the, our 100th anniversary of the National Hockey League. So we didn't have the Cup uh Pittsburgh uh, grasp as, as many days as we usually did. So what they did is they brought the scouts down for a really nice time in Pittsburgh. The whole families, they flew us all in and, uh, you know, my wife, my son, my daughter, and uh, we went around the city to different places and took pictures with the Stanley cup and then had it at a game and in a suite and then at the hotel after and everything. So it was, awesome. it was a different way to do it, uh, but it was a lot of fun also. Any awesome. beverages out of that thing or what? Oh yeah. <laughs> the usual stuff that you see on TV. My kids have eaten ice cream out of it, and we've drank champagne, beer, ginger ale, all that kind of stuff out of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you want to go back a bit to the to your. Uh, early, I mean, we all know we got to acknowledge the fact that you, I think you're the leading point getter, right, in northeastern uh, history, hockey, so, college yeah. hockey history, right? So, uh, talk a little uh, about that. You're, well, you're in the Hall of Fame there, right, or what? Yeah, I'm in I'm in the uh, Northeastern Hall of Fame and the Beanpot uh, Hall of Fame, so I'm fortunate for that. But I, I do have to correct you. I'm not the all-time leading scorer at Northeastern. Uh, I hold the single se- uh, single, single season, single season record yeah, yeah, for yeah. for points uh, for points and assists, but uh, not the all-time leading scorer. I don't know what I would be, tenth or eleventh all-time. I think so. 
Nice. Well, that's still a good accomplishment. But talk to, talk a little bit about your time at the, the local hometown barn here, uh, coaching for SLU. Um, you got pretty fine memories of that, coaching with Joey Marsh and stuff like that. New renovations. Yeah. 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 Great, great memories. I mean, I had 10 years there from uh, the fall of 92 till the spring of 2002. So I was there 10 seasons and it was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, you know, at first, our first couple of years, we struggled a bit. Uh, we were at that point still a financial aid school. And, and then in, uh, I believe it was the fall of 95, uh, the uh, administration there decided to give us uh, grants uh, which, you know, is a nice word of their way to say scholarships. And, uh, that made an, uh, an immediate impact. And we, we really were able to kind of turn our recruiting up a, a few notches. Um, and they, they made the, I, I guess there's a nice renovation going on at Appleton Arena right now. But at that time, there was a new renovation also that coincided with, uh, us getting the scholarships. And, and we were able to bring in some really quality, players and uh, that made a, a huge difference and we, you know we we I've got some fond memories Joe was a great mentor as far as coaching and uh, delegated uh, a lot of tasks and assignments to his assistant coaches so I was fortunate I learned a lot and uh, that's you know when you when you really think back of it or back to it uh, I guess you know we did some some very good recruiting, uh, which helped me get job offers to the National Hockey League when it's all said and done. That had a lot to do with it. That you know, We were in the ECAC championship game in 99 and lost to Clarkson, and then we were in it again the next year, and we won, and then we were in it again the next year, and we won. So we had a good run there. We uh, had a frozen floor appearance in 2000, so you know, kind of carved a, a name out for me a little bit so I, I, I can – you know, be thankful for my time at St. Lawrence that it uh, provided me with a little bit of a reputation as someone that maybe knew how to evaluate talent. So, Definitely. so Jay, do you miss uh, being behind the bench at all now that you're recruiting instead? Uh, I, I don't so much now. I, I did my first few years. Um, and that was one of the decisions I had to make. I can still remember uh, Joe Marsh saying to me when I decided to to go with the, uh, the the Islanders job offer. It was the Islanders that I first uh, worked with for four seasons. And uh, Joe said, are you sure you want to do that? You're, you're a really good X's and O's guy too, you know? And, uh, but uh, I, I decided I, I wanted to give it a try. And, uh, and so I did it and I, I missed it the first few years, but not so much anymore. And I mean, you know, now, I mean, I, I would, if I ever went back to it now, you'd certainly have to catch up on some of the equipment they use now. I can remember uh, breaking down video at St. Lawrence. I would combine an exercise workout with breaking down video because I would be on the, the bike in the middle of the locker room and had two VCRs going and you'd have to like pause one VCR, yeah. hit record on the other VCR, and then hit play <laughs> on the original one to do your clip. So it took hours and hours. But boy, you sure got a good workout. <laughs> oh yeah, man! Now, now they're watching iPads on the bench. Yeah. Oh, I know it's just it's unbelievable the technology now. Oh, Jay, I, I'm kind of curious. You know, I'm going to switch gears on y'all together here. As a as a hockey mm-hmm. fan, who do you think the best player in the NHL is right now? You know, I won't hold it against you if you say Sid, but who, who do you personally think it is? <laughs> well, I, I still think our guy is the best all-around player right now. I mean, he hasn't had the offensive numbers that he has in the past. He still put up good numbers this year, but I think as a, as a 200-foot player that's, you know, capable of playing really well in the regular season and then also 
has the style of game that is so required and necessary to play in the playoffs because it is a different game in the playoffs. Um, you've, you, you know, that he can play in the playoffs because his puck protection skills and strength on the puck are so good. Um, and his 200 foot game, he has just evolved into such a good all around player. So there's guys right now that are great offensive players, um, that still have to round out their game. So I still go with, uh, Sidney Crosby is my number one guy. I mean, I kind of figured you'd say that. So let's set it aside. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I'm not. Rules don't allow me to comment on other teams' players in case it influences us down the road as far as acquiring free agents. So I, oh, okay, I better, okay. I better, I better hold my hold my tongue. That's, in my... that's fair. Then I'll ask this in a different way. Um, <laughs> Crosby and Malkin have been an undeniable pair for years. I'm wondering how you think they're going to do this year. Well, we hope so. We hope they still have a few good years left in them. Um, you know, we've we've changed our supporting staff around them a little bit this year, tried to get a little faster and uh, and younger. So, uh, you know, we'll know more in another six or seven months, you know, yeah, yeah. how they are. But I, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, everything that I hear within our organization, those two guys really want to win still and want to get uh, at least another cup. So uh, I I, I'm, I think that they're they're both going to have a really good year. I think Malkin's going to have a, a really good bounce back year. I, from everything I've heard, he's disappointed in the way his season went last year. It was not a great year for his standards, but uh, I think he'll bounce back uh, very well. Yeah, I think the GM. I'm sorry, Pat. Yeah, I think the GM has uh, kind of you know brought in, like you said, a younger mix of talent, and uh, he. I think I think the emphasis. I mean, you can speak more of this than I can, but it seems like he's brought in like the ability to mix up the lines a little bit more, to mix and match, um, to allow the coach to have a little bit more versatility. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think he's trying to uh, create more depth and more speed. And I think uh, a, a really big thing is, you know, what I keep hearing, kind of the buzzwords from articles I read and, and everything about our team is, uh, and comments that I hear is that we're just trying to become faster and harder to play against also. Sure. On paper, you guys are stacked. Yeah, well, but, but the issue is that the salary cap is certainly doing what it's supposed to do. There are a lot of good teams out there. And, you yeah. know, because the, the top teams, uh, can't afford to keep all their good players. And they were top teams because they had good players, and then they can't afford to keep all these guys because they're good players and there's a salary cap. So uh, it does create parity, and I, you're certainly seeing that. Like There are some really good teams didn't even make the playoffs this past year, and that's going to happen again this year. So Can't wait. I'm excited. Hey, Jay, thanks for coming on the Blue Line Hockey Club today. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us about the Pittsburgh Penguins and the future of that organization. And, um, it's, it's good to talk to somebody that's been up to Canton, New York, where we're from, and we actually uh, pizza rolls, pizza pizza rolls pizza fat bags. Have to, sh- uh, to ship you one. My, my my son and I actually just did a road trip there. Then this summer, he hadn't been back there for about uh, well, he's 21 now, and he left when he was eight, and uh, so he wow. hadn't been back for a few years. So uh, yeah, we did just the North Country stops, Sergi's, and uh, <laughs> places like that. So yeah, it was a lot nice. of fun. Nice. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, Jay. Really appreciate it. And wish you the best of luck this year scouting. Oh no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Jay. Jay. Hey Heimbeck, how about that interview guys? It's great to talk to somebody a little bit different than the usual um, player or um, we, we had a broadcaster last week. So it's a, just to get a dis- different perspective on um, there's so much that goes into putting these NHL teams together. And um, you know he's he's got a critical role in what he does for the Pittsburgh Penguins and helping them find elite players in Ontario. So 
pretty cool to get a different perspective on it. Yeah, and there's a lot of talent pool where he's at. So he's lucky that he doesn't have to leave his backyard very far, you know, to go look at talent. Good for him. It's a good gig. I just thought it was, you know, good to talk about the Penguins and have someone for from that organization come on and talk to us just because, you know, from, you know, what I said in the interview, them on paper, the Pittsburgh Penguins on paper are just stacked, I think, you know, with some of those players. And we've talked about the Penguins, you know, and other podcasts about how they're, you know, getting old, they're crumbling, something has to change. Um, they did, you know, trade Phil Kessel, um, got a, a – who'd they trade him for? They brought him in. Get yeah. Alex uh, Galchenyuk. yep. They brought him in. He's going to be pretty good. Um, but, yeah, we've been talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins for a, pretty much all last year, and especially in the playoffs, and uh, they just haven't been able to produce. So I thought it was interesting. I kind of did a little research on Pittsburgh, and um, I'll be watching them, you know, more in depth yeah. this year. I mean, they'll be for... they'll be a favorite, don't you? I mean, I think they'll be a favorite. Yeah, in the, I think so. In that division, you know, I think with the with the Washington Capitals, probably they'll be they'll be a favorite in that one. That... Um, but they they're doing the right thing though. That what the what what Pittsburgh's doing that kind of Washington's like a little bit behind the eight ball on is trying to get a little bit younger. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think I think um, I think you're going to see Pittsburgh up at the top of that division and um, the rest of it though, like he said. Like Jay said, there's so much parity in the league now because of the salary cap, right? So it, all these, like the NHL is like wide open now. There's still like a few of these, like, you know, these keystone teams that are like Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals, like these teams that have a lot of these veteran players that are still going to be like at the top of the top of their divisions because they still have these like elite athletes, you know, that are still under contract. But moving forward, the parity in the league is wide open. And so you're going to see teams that have a bunch of young dudes now competing with you know in every single division so um i think the parity can't be understated in in the nhl now i was gonna say you know it's exactly that when you think of who's gonna be good it's kind of a no-brainer to put pittsburgh in there right they just they've always been there they have a long long hard not to it's hard not to it's it's kind of an easy throw you know if you don't know a lot of people are just throwing pittsburgh in there without getting into the details because you know sid malkin and uh you know even in the past castle they just they always performed They, they just always performed and for whatever reason in the last year or two they haven't you know i'll be interested to see if the shakeup produces the results that they're looking for which is going deep into the playoffs this year but they're stacked though like pat said right i mean they got crosby when you have crosby and malkin and a guy that i think is one of the best players in the league underrated a little bit too maybe is that hornquist guy man he guy's fucking nasty but they got a lot of players they just picked up Latang. you know i mean yeah. Yeah. he's solid fourth liner Third yeah, liner. yeah sure. I, mean, I mean, so they're shoring up three solid, four solid lines. Hornquist, Matt Murray, and that. Well, so Murray is a question mark, right? They got rid of Lafleur uh, for Murray, and you know he he went Power? through. He's struggling right now. He's going to have to prove himself, I think. No, I was just going to like go back to Phil Kessel just to mention something real quick um, yeah. to fill to fill that void. Um, and where and who's going to fill that void? Like right now, if you look at his stats from the last three seasons, uh, last year he had 82 points, the year before 92 and 70 before that. And the thing that catches catches my eye on that is last year he had 55 assists, the year before 58, the year before 47, right? So, you know, two-thirds of his points are assists. 
All right, so who's going to be feeding the puck to Sid Sidney Crosby and, and Malkin and these guys? I mean, and, and I think most of those are on the power play. Yeah, I mean that's a big hole that's got to get filled. No, no pun intended. I mean, if it was if he was uh, you know scoring fifty goals and only having twenty some assists, it would be different. All right, well you know they're going to find a goal scorer, but who's setting these guys up? I mean, he's pretty much playmaker on that line, right? So I mean, obviously Sid and Malkin and uh, you know some of these other guys on the Penguins can can score without him. But, you know, if you have a guy like, like Kessel setting you up, it's, it's a huge plus. So we'll see what happens with that and see if they can fill that void. And um, it'll be inter- interesting to see. It'll also be interesting to see what he does out in Phoenix, if he can put up those. I, I think he's going to do fa- uh, fabulous out in uh, Phoenix. Just, I mean, he was sometimes playing on the third line for Pittsburgh. I mean, he just had so many stars around him. I mean, just uh, in the NBA, uh the big player left the uh, Golden State uh, Warriors. Uh, Kevin Durant just left Golden State Warriors because he was around Steph Curry and all these. Um, too many. Raymond Green players. and there's just too many stars and he just wasn't, you know, he didn't said it. He said he didn't feel welcome. Uh, I'm not saying that's the case in Pittsburgh. I'm just saying there's you got so many stars on that team from Crosby and Mulkin. Hornquest, Matt Murray, they used to have Flower. And it's and just, with, you know, Kessel's numbers, he's going to do really, really well out in Phoenix. I mean, I think he's just, Mark was just ripping off his stats. I mean, he's no, he, I mean, he's a first, second liner, first liner. 90, out in 90 points, man. Like I know. We're, we're... I mean, <laughs> how can you even not think he's not a, one of the top assets in the NHL? I mean, yeah, he I likes think... fucking hot dogs. I do too, but yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? But I, I think they do think that uh, Galchenyuk. I think they think that he's going to fill a role. You know, fill the role. I think they're what they what they're saying is, you know, like they're going younger, so they think they he can kind of fill the Kessel void. I mean, that's what they're banking on, anyways, right? So yeah, um, he's kind of the guy I think that's going to mix in the lines with uh, Malkin and Crosby um, and, and and produce what they think. Kessel supply. We'll we'll see if that's you know it's to be determined. I guess is how we stand right now. What do you guys think on Kessel in you know two to two to four years? What do you guys think? He, I think he's going to drastically decrease. I mean, I heard he's nothing but uh he likes to gamble a lot. He likes being casinos. He he's not a big fan of working out, as you can tell. Um, he's got a bigger beer belly than I do, and that's hard to eat. Um, and you know, I, from new. You know, down the pipeline for a bunch of people, they just say he doesn't like to work out. So, I don't, you know, and, and maybe Pittsburgh, the organization, knew that. And, you know, yeah, he fucking produces and he's a big asset. But, you know, let's try to trade him in his prime with those numbers Mark just read off, 90 points, and get some young buck like Derek's saying. I think he's, it was a smart move on Pittsburgh. He's pure talent. And I, I just think he had lost his competitive edge in Pittsburgh. I don't I, see. I I tend to see it differently. I think that first of, of all, Arizona. No, obviously, I think Arizona <laughs> got the best of that trade. First of all, and, yeah. I, and I think that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, Debatable. it's yet to be determined, right? They have to play the season. Sure, he yeah. could gamble his life away, and you know who knows <laughs> what. But I don't think that's the case. They are I, close I, to Vegas. He chose Arizona because of, you know, a good friendship with Rick Tockett. But I saw they're going to set that relationship aside. I don't know that Rick Tockett is just going to let him settle for just being great. You can't. I I just, I think personally he's going to get rejuvenated and have a good season. I I think he's going to explode this year, honestly. He's got a net worth of $60 That's it? 
it'll be good. It'll be good for both organizations though, because like if you, I mean, you got to look at Pittsburgh Penguins are kind of like you know they they're put on a pedestal, like one of the top teams in the NHL, right? So you look at like other teams in other uh, sports around you know the professional world, and you look at like you know New England Patriots, they're always they're always kind of like you know judged for shipping off a player that seems to be in their prime. Everybody's kind of questioning them, and then they bring in a young guy uh, to kind of fill that role, and then they look brilliant at the end of it, you know. So there is like, you know, there there is something to be said for you know a team that kind of is ahead of the curve and willing to part with a guy. Yeah, he's brought a lot. He was a huge contributor to 2016, 2017 cups that they won in Pittsburgh. But there comes a time where you know a team has to make that decision. Maybe maybe pre you know pre peak of their career. Let them kind of slide off, bring that younger guy in and kind of not skip a beat. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're losing somebody that still has a lot left in the tank maybe for a couple more years, but you're also going to be ahead of the curve a little bit and bring in the young guy in to yeah. uh, to fill that role at a, at, yeah, just a, to t- at a lesser price. Yeah, and just to touch on that too, we've been talking about it for a year now about Pittsburgh really hasn't mixed it up and, it was, and it's time for them to mix it up, right? So you have these guys have been together for too long and they needed some – changes in that organization to get back to a Stanley Cup championship team. And then on the, another note, when you're talking about Phil Kessel not working out, it only, your raw talent only works to a certain point. And then your body starts to slow down because you're getting fucking old yeah. and you need to get in the gym more than you ever had in your career or you just can't keep up, right? So you know, he's going to have to figure out what he's going to do there. And obviously, That's fair, but hot dogs put up 80, 80 fucking points, 80-some points last year, you know? I think social – yeah, social media too, though. They had what him and Mulkin didn't get along too well. Someone – something – it could have been a Russian troll, who knows, but something saying that, um, you know, if, if Kessel didn't go, Mulkin was going. Who knows if that's true, but um, that happens with a lot of stars on the same team, so. We, we just talked about this uh, a couple of, of episodes ago, and, and it was basically this. It, to, to go back to the Patriots, the Patriots are notorious for Antonio not wanting Brown. for not wanting to pay their players. Now, you know, listen. There's something to be said about bringing in somebody who's hungry still, and they're willing to earn that paycheck. So I think in that sense, I I I would always go for the the team of hungry players versus a stacked bunch of confident, overconfident, arrogant people. And I'm not saying Pittsburgh are overconfident and arrogant. They clearly have the skills. But what I am saying is I I think there is something there for people to swing into when they're looking actually that, earning that, a paycheck, actually earning working, paycheck working for a paycheck, having it already. Yeah. Look at, look what the Yankees, look what the Yankees have done from what they used to do, you know, right. They used to have buy all these players that were in their prime or just about past their prime and pay, pay them huge dollars. Now you look at their team this year, they're, they're crushing it. They're, they're great. And they've got all these young bucks playing for them that they bring up from their organization and um, they're building from within instead of buying players around the league. And it's really worked out for them. What we're yeah. seeing with Pittsburgh right now is the emphasis on their farm squad, the, the uh, Wilkes-Barre. Wilkes-Barre. Yeah, the, the Bear, uh, yeah, Wilkes-Barre. Wilkes-Barre's Grant. <laughs> Grant Wilkes-Barre. <laughs> Bringing in Mike Vellucci. He's the, you know, AHL Calder Cup champion, you know. They were six in the Atlantic yeah. last year bringing in the number one coach of the AHL. So they're 
putting more emphasis on their farm squad and making sure that they have players from within that they can start pulling up at any given time. I mean, those are the right moves, so we'll see. You know, now the question is going to be, now that Kessel is out and Gelchenyuk is in, or Gelchenyuk is in, you know, does that give Malkin and Sid the space to, to be those stars again? And, and if that's true, then we're going to see them in the playoffs. They're going to go deep. They have the skills to bring them back in to mm. a, a potential run. Definitely. Yeah, the, uh, you know, we wanted to touch a little bit on Pittsburgh tonight, obviously having um, one of their head scouts on the show. So um, we wanted to get a little perspective on what that team's going to be doing this year. And now we're going to switch it over to the NHL news brought to you by SauceToss.com, the premier saucer pass hockey game. Sauce Toss is the newest in tailgating and a twist to a favorite and skillful hockey mask. It's beanbag toss for hockey players and scores just like bags. Play with two or four, but buy yourself to hone your passing skills. Take the saucer pass off the ice and into a backyard near you. They offer three basic games, Sauce Toss Elite, Sauce Toss Pro, and a ramp hockey game called Sauce Toss Kit. The first two are true games, mimicking cornhole for hockey players. For more information, go to SauceToss.com, a hockey lifestyle game. Toss Sauce anywhere, anytime. All right, welcome back. We're going to talk a little bit about some NHL news. There hasn't been a ton going on this week. There are, there have been a couple RFAs that have fallen this week. Uh, a lot of talk out there that now that a couple of these guys have signed, we're going to see guys like Charlie McAvoy sign, maybe Line A. Um, you know, Carlo still hasn't signed with the Bruins either. So I think you're going to see McAvoy sign before Carlo. But uh, a lot of speculation that that's going to be happening really soon now that the chips are starting to fall. What do you think about that, fellas? I, I think, you know, the biggest news was Jake Gardner signing with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Jake was a big player for um, Toronto. He signed a four-year deal, you know, worth $16.2 million. I think, you know, uh, Toronto's trying to free up some cap space to get some people signed. I saw Zach Rowenski of the Blue Jackets signed. Um, I think you're right, Mark. I think everything's starting to fall apart. Uh, Joe Thornton signed another year contract. Uh, just quick, it was funny. I saw something on Twitter. Someone asked him about his contract, and he said something. I don't know if you guys saw it. He goes, well, they – they wanted me for 10 years. I got him down to five. <laughs> and then I didn't think five would be, uh, you know, I'm just getting tired. So I, I got I brought, I just had to bring him down. I finally got him down to one year. So uh, I'll see how this one year goes and then I'll decide what I'm going to do next year. But it was just funny. Like he was straight face talking. Like he actually, they wanted 10, but he talked them down to one and they got the deal done. <laughs> But yeah, a lot of RFAs are getting signed. Is there one thing you guys see though that like uh, when it comes to these restricted free agents, there's kind of like a it's like a double-edged sword here. Like I think a lot of the I think a lot of these guys they don't want to sign that like long-term contract. You know, like I think a lot of the teams want them to sign like the seven, eight-year kind of contracts. You know, because um, I think from a cap standpoint, they're able to spread that money out better. But I think from a player standpoint, they're looking. I think they're looking to sign. I think what these guys want to do is sign like a shorter term, like three year deal. If I'm understanding this properly, um, that would allow them, you know, to, to, to put in some really good years to put up some stats while they're young, you know, and then have the ability to, to, you know, cash in twice, basically, I think is yeah. what the goal of, I think what the goal of these guys is. you right. So that's how it works. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's why you're seeing, you know, some of these players like, you know, holding out a little bit longer because I think the teams that, you know, hold their, 
hold the rights right now are trying to get them with those longer term contracts, you know, and they're, they're, they're trying, I think, to get the shorter term good money and then, you know, earn that money, but then earn a, you know, second big payday. So I think that's kind of what's holding yeah, and, up and the market. Just to cut you in, Derek, the epitome of that, exactly what you're talking about is Clayton Keller. Just signed that eight year deal down in Arizona. You know, I think, I think he's going to do 10 times better of what he has, especially with Phil Kessel now um, on his team. And now he's kind of stuck, right? So let's say he's putting up 90 to 125 points a season. I mean, he's way, you know, worth more than $6 million a year. And, but he's kind of stuck, right? Yeah. So, but his situation situation may have been like, you know, he loves that area. Like, like, it's going to be different for everybody. So he he might love that area. And he's saying, listen, if I make freaking 6 million bucks a year, I'm going to be rich for the rest of my life. I don't give a shit. Like, you know, I love hockey. I love where I am, you know? So, um, you know, it's, I think it's from whatever perspective it is, you know, it seems to be what's holding up though the market a little bit is I think some of these, most of these guys want a short term to be able to prove, you know, to kind of prove themselves twice basically and get two paydays. So the talk is that Wierenski with uh, Columbus broke open the, the defenseman to start signing. I'm waiting to see the forwards, you know, the, the big forwards get signed. It's going to be the Kachuk. It's going to be the Marner. Uh, I don't know if Line. I mean, he's the name being thrown, but Marner, Marner or or Kachuk are the big, big names, I think. Yeah, you know what's kind of odd for me? It's like some of these guys that have been in the league for a long time, like the Joe Thornton, um, that, you know, obviously they're on the end of their career. They're still producing. They get like these shitty contracts. You know what I mean? In, In a lot of other sports, it's like if you got a guy and they want to sign him for another year or two, they're still getting big money. So it's like, okay, well, we can sign Joe Thornton for like a mediocre, you know, rookie salary almost, or I think he got $2 million, so it wasn't a million-dollar deal. But it's like like Jimmy Howard just took, a, uh, I think, a $1.3 million cut from his what his previous contract was. So they get these guys at a discount, even though Jimmy Howard had a great year last year. So even though he had a great year, he still got a million, you know, $1.3 million pay cut. So I just find that – Odd how that works in hockey, right? The, so, the money you know, is going down to the younger kids now. It's just it's changed, right? These young. Well, I don't think the NHL has. You know, the reason you say that, Mark, is because in other sports like football, uh, baseball, they always, you know, A Rod, you've been good to us. Here you go. I'll give you twenty-eight million dollars. Or I mean, Andrew Luck just retired from the Colts. That they could have taken twenty-four million dollars. They he they gave him twenty-four million dollars, which they didn't have to. I mean, that's that's how much money these professional sports teams have. But in hockey, they don't. So I think that's why you don't see that. Unfortunately, maybe it will change as they get more money and uh, the NHL gets bigger. But, you know, thanks for – Jimmy Howard, thanks for being, you know, a really great uh, teammate player for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. You know, one year, here's $12 million. Thank you. That's just not in the NHL. They don't have that kind of money where – um, you know, baseball, smaller, smaller market, not as many yeah. endorsements, not as many, you know, not as yeah, basically a lot, not as many endorsements as there is in other, yeah. uh, other leagues. Hey, take Gronk, for example, never spent a dime of his salary, just lived yeah, on exactly. endorsements, you yeah. know, like that. They don't have big time, like the big time guys in the league have good endorsements, but a lot of the other guys don't have big endorsements. They don't have any at all. So they rely on their salary and that's pretty much what they get. But, you know, they, some of these other sports like Nike's paying them more than they get paid play the game yeah 
Yeah, and just to what you're saying, Rob, I think Kachuk's one of the top. Kachuk, uh, obviously Marner. Those guys are the top ones. They, they're, they're not going anywhere, though. Neither team I don't think they're can going anywhere. let either of those guys go. Calgary cannot let Kachuk go. Toronto, can, I mean, they would be fools to let Marner go. They cannot let him go. They, I mean, I don't get it. I don't know what you're, what, what game they're playing. Sign them, get them into camp, and get going. Well, they they got to free up cap space and shit like that. So they're trying. But yeah, Zach Rowensky got three year, fifteen million with the Blue Jackets. That's pretty big. He's pretty stellar there on defense. Um, gets a lot of points. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we just had a um, was it Russell Linen signing Buffalo? Is that how you say his name? Yeah, yeah. And then I see uh, Bruce Cassidy. Um, he signed a multi year contract extension with the Bruins. So. Um, obviously, that was uh, needed. I thought he did really well taking them to the Stanley Cup. So, um, I mean, camp camps are starting up this week, right? Or next within the next week. So, I mean, you're going to start seeing the pieces fall right. here. I mean, you know, the yeah. clocks tick, clocks ticking, man. When the clocks ticking, that's when the dollars and the, you know, the the agreements between GMs and everybody else start flowing when the once it gets in the crunch time. So, so the NHL the, players just sorry, Derek, just started. Uh, getting receiving paychecks again. There you uh, go. So there you some go. Some of these players that uh, the first of the month they started. I think they get it every every EBT two. card. So, EBT. Yeah, they get the <laughs> yeah. every two weeks they get paid. You know, probably about the same amount as me. You know, a couple couple hundred dollars. Director. Yeah. And uh, so you know, some of these guys are you know, hopefully they haven't spent all their money, but they're ready to see those. Uh, paychecks get dumped into their bank account and yeah no, you're, you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of movement over the next two weeks no doubt about it what was the quote from um from ray shapiro down in in new jersey you guys see that yeah i don't yep. give a fuck if he signs <laughs> <laughs> i know where it is we have his rights i don't care if we he have his fucking rights he can sign with <laughs> fucking whoever he wants but we own his rights so ray shapiro Ray Sherrill, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Sherrill. Yeah, he was uh, – that was nice, colorful. Uh, I love that shit when Trotz goes off. Or, that's that's great shit. But we also um, – we had that prospect tourney going on for the guys, and we got to see a little bit of Capo Caco. If I'm saying his name correctly. Capo Caco. We Capo know who you're Caco. talking about. No one can say it correctly on TV, we know. radio, Sweet wherever. No. Uh, we he, know. He looked – he looked pretty smooth in uh, some of the videos I saw online. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he scored the game winner in one of the in one of them, and he had a pretty cool quote where he was saying, uh, I, "Rob, I think he's shaking his head a little bit. Probably heard the same thing." I but saw it. Yeah. He, yeah, he was like, uh, he said, "Well, when it gets into overtime, I had an old coach that told me if you have the puck, don't fucking pass it, shoot the puck." And he goes, <laughs> "I didn't, pass, so I didn't pass it. I shot the puck." He skated around, skated around every player on the other team. Literally, yeah. maybe, maybe twice. Around everybody, and, and I think it was twice. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we had a good, and we had a past guest of the show who's a prospect for the Rangers, Adam Fox. Who the Fox? Fox. You know, he he had a he had a five point game. I think he had a five point game. He had a little the game before. I think he had a little bit of a um, you know not his greatest turnout, but he followed it up with a five point game so i think you know he you're gonna see you're just gonna continue to see a lot of these young guys uh contributing so these prospect tournaments 
you know, maybe in the past weren't like a big indicator of what you're going to see coming in the next like year or two. But I think now a lot of these young guys, man, you're going to start seeing them contributing up on the big squad. Troy, five-hole Terry. Five-hole Terry had a three-point game or something like that. It was silly in his prospect game. So Fabro had a goal. He, he came on the podcast too for Nashville. Yeah. Young boys are stepping up. See, I, I can't wait for the season to start. Uh, Tuesday, I know the wild play. Uh, a lot of games, preseason games start then. So um, just hockey. I, I just can't wait to see hockey on TV. Um, some of the, some of the games won't be aired, but the preseason games, but uh, you can find them on the internet and it'll be on sports center, you know, going forward. I don't know how Jack Hughes did. You guys probably saw, I didn't really see it. The only thing I saw was that they were, Complaining about not complaining, but picking on him for how he gets dressed. I don't know if you saw that, but basically he puts all of his shit on his jersey, and then he put and then he, and then he puts his pants on last, oh, which really? is kind of, kind of an odd way to I get dressed. Know. I don't know. That was just something I saw online. I, I was trying to find some shit on like how he played. And Those pants came up hold you back, man. I Show me your kid. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid, man. He's got a big paycheck. Yeah. Show. Yeah, right. Let them breathe, baby. <laughs> pants, pants are the last thing you need, anyways. I think I walked from Lincoln Street to Minor Street when I was about yeah, was, 16, 17 years it old. It was 7:30 in the morning. No one. 7:30 after doing keg laps without any pants on. So who needs pants? <laughs> oh my god, that was awful. It was the fat fuck across the street from Rob. <laughs> the cops. Which one? Asshole. Fat fuck. No, straight across. I didn't mow on or do anything. If you're looking at Curry's house, his Curry's house was on the right, and then Chub Buckets was on the left. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The Fat Family. There you go. Patsies. All those fat fucks. Wait, that was a Peters. <laughs> no, that's just Robbie. We ate well, baby. We ate well. A lot of pizza. pizza. Lots of pizza. So, yeah, we got a – who we got – Coming on next weekend, Rusty Lawrence. I don't know. Is Clayton Keller coming on or no? Uh, I think it's Charlie McAvoy's coming on. Is next week? Oh yeah. yeah. Next week is the Mac. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just interested. Return to the Mac. Um, I'm just interested to hear about uh, the Stanley Cup and you know, you know all the behind the scenes things of the Stanley Cup. So getting you know the Stanley Cup championship of you know getting your picture taken and. You know those those videos of you standing in all your equipment, just flipping your stick, and you know the girls sucking you off in the hotel, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, it should be a good one. Yeah, it should be a good episode, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll have some breaking news on next week's podcast with Max Signs. That'd be uh, pretty sweet. All right, boys. Good having Jay Heinbuck on. He was uh, he was a great guy to talk to, uh, somebody that we've known for a while, so friend of the podcast. So good interview uh, with him, and also got some talk about Pittsburgh Penguins. Next week, we'll start to dial in a little bit more into the conferences and what's going on with the different teams, and uh, try to get a little perspective on what our outlook is on the season. So check us out on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, BlueLineHockeyClub.com. You can find us on most podcast platforms as well so check us out until next time folks keep your stick on the ice hey we're out we're out oh doctor
Your head up. That was a good one.